Today's message will be undergird by Matthew, the 21st chapter, verses 23 through 32. And it reads on the New Revised Standard Version. When he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd. For all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we do not know. And he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same, and he answered, I go, sir, but he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The word of the Lord. You know, over the last couple of weeks or so, I've found the lectionary readings quite interesting. Um, not only interesting, but it, it has been very challenging because it, is, uh, it has challenged me, so to speak, to dig a little bit deeper. And the one thing that I did discover about digging a little bit deeper is uh, how Jesus told those, those stories, those parables. He said uh, that some will get it and some will not get it. So in this particular parable, I started thinking about some of the conversations that I've been having with, with other people that align to our belief system. And one common theme that I discovered in many of those conversations that I had was the fact that some people find it quite difficult to exercise their faith. By and large, many of those people that I've had those conversations with are very practical thinkers. Practical in the sense that they look for things that are plausible. Sometimes a little simple, sometimes a little bit flawless, so to speak. But even in all those things, I also realize that faith is something that we just 
and in and, and, and many cases just have to accept. Sometimes we can't always explain why things happen, such as why does bad things happen to good people? Yet, on the same hand, we know that God is still in control. So, in essence, sometimes we find ourselves in a pickle, trying to hold on to our faith and also trying to make sense of what is practical. And I think this is very uh, important for us as we look at, important for us to realize as we look at this particular lesson in this Matthew text, especially as it relates to how others may challenge what we believe, or more importantly, challenge us as it relates to our belief system in Jesus. And here we look at this particular Matthew text, where Jesus is being challenged or he's being questioned about his authority. Now, let me give us a little context about this particular challenge. The chief priests and the elders, the religious figures of Jesus' times, they kind of determined what was normal, what was practical to believe. In In a sense, it's almost like, don't think for yourself, we'll do all the thinking, you just comply. So here they're, they're challenging Jesus because Jesus is doing everything against the norm. He's in the temple. He's teaching. He's giving people insight. He's actually, in all essence, he's actually liberating people. He's giving them an opportunity to know God for themselves. He's given them an opportunity to actually use common sense. Because if you think about some of, uh, of the, the, the things that was going on or the normal things that the chief priests and the elders were, were doing, it was actually keeping people in a destitute place. In essence, they wasn't being led to use common sense. Let me give you a more practical example, and, and I don't want to go off into a tangent, but, but we remember in one of the scriptures where the oxen was in the ditch on the Sabbath, and the law told them to leave it in the ditch. But Jesus basically was like, use common sense. That's your moneymaker. That is what you use to, to get through life. Take it out of the ditch. The chief priests and the elders, again, didn't want people to use common sense. And here we find Jesus giving them lessons to help them think. And one particular thing that we see in this, in this text is when they started questioning him about his authority, but Jesus being a troublemaker... <laughs> He reversed the challenge on them. He said, if you can give me or you can answer this question about John's baptism, then I'll answer, I'll give you the answer about what authority I come to you in. But of course, 
the chief priests and the elders being the religious intellects of their day, they started debating. They really knew the answer. Well, I gauge theologically that they knew the answer, but they were afraid that the crowd was either going to accept what they said or the crowd was going to rebel. Not to mention, if they deny the authority of John the Baptist, well, let me back up. If they gave John the Baptist authority, then they had to recognize the authority of Jesus because it was John the Baptist who actually stated that the one who comes after me, I am not worthy enough to tie his sandals. But again, Jesus was going against the norm. He was a troublemaker. And then he takes it a little step further and he gives them the parable of the two sons. Now, without going into a whole theological dissertation about what was going on, let me quickly summarize uh, that parable in that one of the sons was probably expected, the good son, so to speak, was expected to go out into the vineyard and do what his dad wanted him to do, but that son said no. And the other son agreed to go out, but he did not go out. Well, my friends, I think that parable relates to us. Oftentimes we will commit and we will say that, tell the Lord that we're going to do a thing. But if it means that we have to go against the norm, if we have to get some people upset, by the way we believe or the, the way that we think or the way that we exercise our faith, I think oftentimes we step back. I dare to believe that many of us who call ourselves Christians are really timid. Charles Wesley, not Charles John Wesley in his day, they constantly challenge Christians those believers, to have more boldness in sharing their faith. Even if it meant that you had to be criticized, even if it meant that you had to be placed on the outside of the mar margins or placed in the margins against the norm. I believe that we forget that when we call ourselves Christians, it means to be Christ-like, which means that many times we are going to be challenged to go against the norm. And then in that particular parable, Jesus says something that is quite alarming. He tells them, the tax collectors and the prostitutes who are the rejected, who are in the margins, dare to believe. While those of you who call yourself religious are always questioning authority, are always trying to use reason to do what is right. 
practicality doesn't always work when it comes to faith. Faith, as I was taught, is an uh, acrostic that means forsaking all, I take him. Which means sometimes you are going to be thrusted into the margin. Sometimes you may have to stand alone. Sometimes you may have to dare to believe, even against the odds. My friends, and I have been very conscientious and very careful in more ways than one not to get on the soapbox. And let me be transparent very, very, very quickly. I get criticized a lot for not being one to voice my opinion out loud, which mean, which doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion. And, and let me make it more, more relevant. Opinions about what's going on in our country. Personally, I am sick and tired and I get disgusted about the same this, this drama over the NFL stand or take a knee. Listen, I believe we are losing focus. I heard a commentary say very plainly, he said, listen, I have my beliefs. I know what I want to do. He said, you know, and I'm going to do that regardless of what people believe or not believe. He said, however, that's not the point. He said that we're forgetting about the people who are still suffering from the hurricanes. We're not focusing on what's going on in the West with these wildfires. He said, and I, I believe that we're forgetting that there's people who are still in the margins. We're getting caught up in the the rhetoric. But I believe we are losing a witness. When was the last time you told someone about your belief and your commitment in Jesus Christ? You can have your political views. You can stand. You can kneel. That's your choice. Whether I believe it's right or wrong, or what? Or if someone else believes it's right or wrong. But when was the last time you invited someone to commit their life to Jesus versus going on Facebook and getting caught up in the tit-for-tack arguments? I know that's pretty bold for a preacher to say. But I believe we're in a critical time where people need Jesus more than anything. Watch NFL. Don't watch NFL. Stand or take a knee. My concern is your belief system. The chief priests and the elders, as usual, always majoring in the minors. Here Jesus is trying to liberate people. Trying to give people hope. 
But the chief priests, the elders, like the naysayers, like the wishy-washy Christians of our day, are missing the point. Let us dare to believe that Jesus is the best resource and hope for downtrodden humanity. Let us dare to believe that Jesus is the best model, despite the rhetoric and all the busyness and the chaos that's going on in the world, especially in our country. Let us dare to believe that our faith still works. Even if you have to stand alone, the scripture tells us we walk by faith and not by sight. There may be days when you may be lonely. There may be days when you may get criticized. There may be days when people might not understand you. But let us find hope knowing that we're not alone. God is with us. When we dare to believe and stretch out on our faith, I just believe that that's when God works God's best in our lives. I believe that's when we'll start to see more unity. Regardless of you can have your opinion, you can make whatever choice you want. And let me get become a, a little bit more methodical in my presentation that's one of the great things about Methodists. We have a choice. We believe that. And your choices may not align with somebody else's choices as long as you make the choice to follow Jesus. Dare to believe, my friends, even against the odds. I believe following Jesus is the best decision that we can never make. And again, we are not alone in our pursuit of believing. God is with us.